Welcome back to the Graham Stephan Show. My name is Graham and welcome to my show. And today we have a caller who is going to be discussing how he built up one of the largest used car dealerships, starting with no experience and flipping really cheap cars. I'm talking like $1,000, $1,500 cars that he was just able to buy and then make a few hundred dollars profit on and was able to scale that to now selling like 700 used cars a year with an average profit of over $820. So let's bring him on and uh, see what's going on. So Anthony, welcome to the Graham Stephan Show. What's going on? Hey, doing awesome, man. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. So uh, what's the situation? Well, you know, like I had mentioned, you know, I'm actually in the process of selling a business that I've built up over the last few years, which is a used car dealership. And what's unique is, you know, it's it's been about a seven-year process and five years of failure and two years of finally, you know, once I figured it out, scaling it up. So I'm excited, you know, in the next month or two, we're going to be selling it and I'll be moving on to some other business stuff. Congratulations. So wait, so how did this come to be? How did you start? This well, you know, I know um, nothing about the used car business. It's, int- it's it's actually very similar to real estate in, in terms of how the overall, you know, the inventory versus the processes and each house is unique. Each car is unique. So I started a dealership in 2014 went bankrupt in 2016 and then we, you know, we were kind of desperate couldn't really get anything going i've, I've failed like five businesses this, at this point hmm. so then I, I just started flipping really cheap cars and then fast forward three years later and you know we're selling 60 to 70 a month the the number one rated dealer in all of oklahoma and now i'm, I'm excited to be selling it and moving on to you know bigger businesses and bigger potential let's start at the very beginning how did you start flipping cars and what sort of cars did you flip how would you find the cars? Well, How much money would you make? What, what sort of things did you look for? To be honest, when I first started, which was like in 2013, I didn't know a single thing about cars. I didn't even know like what an engine or a transmission was. I just flipped a motorcycle, made like 800 bucks accidentally looking back, and then tried to do it some more. Didn't really catch traction, but you know, I, I was making a couple hundred bucks, 500 bucks on each car kind of part-time while I was mm-hmm. going to college and stuff like that. And then it wasn't really until 2014 in February where I decided to put all my savings into starting a dealership, and I still knew nothing about the business or cars really. But how it was could just you, kind of like you, you have to you have to have known something because if you're flipping something for a profit, like you obviously like I wouldn't know what to do. I would I would end up losing money if I tried to flip cars. So what yeah. would you look for? Like how would you find the cars? And how much would you pay? And what are some of the details? Because you, you knew more than the person who's buying it from you. Because otherwise, that person buying it from you would just go and, and find it themselves for cheaper. So how would you do that? Yeah, I, I did eventually know enough. What, what I started out with was like these 500 to $1,000 cars. So it's very, very minimal risk in terms of, you know, in most every area of the country, if you have a car that drives for 1500 bucks, it's not really going to be worth any less than that. So I kind of went off the factor of if I can find just a decent running car, um, I, you know, pay like a thousand, pay fifteen hundred bucks, then I should be able to make five hundred bucks relatively easily. Because if a car runs and drives, it's never going to be worth less than a certain amount. You know, after all the depreciation is done, there's always going to be a flat value that a car doesn't go beneath unless it's scrap. Hmm. So I kind of went on that premises, and you know, it, it turned into a few cars a month, and then eventually five or ten, and then just kind of went up from there. So then you started your own car dealership my understanding yeah yeah in, in 2014 i started a dealership and i think the problem i ran into i got away from the cheap cars and so i started you know five ten twenty thousand and then you know well over a course of about two years i i had no idea about the dealership business and nobody to teach me 
so I lost probably close to a hundred thousand dollars over a few years and finally just shut it down that I just couldn't do it anymore. But what's unique is the stuff I learned from the failure was very important because I I learned to go back to the cheap cars, which was, you know, just doing those $2,000 vehicles. But most people don't realize that like actually failing will teach you an insane amount of stuff that you don't even realize you learn until, you know, later on in the future. So, so what, what was what it led me yes, to? So what was your issue then with the with the hundred thousand dollar loss? How did you lose it? Was it in just buying more expensive cars? Was it in overhead? Was it like high rent? Where did that money go? I think, well, I think what went wrong was getting into like the financing portion of the dealership business, which is very tricky, because essentially, if you're familiar with finance, the subprime auto loan industry is a junk bond industry. And I had no concept of, you know, when you finance a vehicle with bad credit, you might finance it for 10 grand, but the dealership's only going to get 6,000 at the end of the day. So really the the bank is going to discount a bad loan between 25 to 40%. So a, a dealership has a hard time getting enough money off of each loan to keep going. And, but they, they have to price it really high as a result. I see. Okay. And so if you're familiar with the junk bond market, then it's it's actually a very similar model in the banking industry with subprime auto loans. Didn't know that. And most most likely mortgages as well. Right. Okay. So then you lost all this money and then you went back to cheap cars. And then how did that turn into what it is today? Well, uh, throughout my whole life, all the way going back 10 years, I spend a lot of time learning about business. And I think the whole time period, my, my business foundation grew from what I knew about business, what to do, how to hire, how to manage. So I think when I went out of business, I was in a, I was in a position where I had the knowledge, but the business model wasn't working. So I went back to the cheap cars and I had this expanded business knowledge plus my lessons from failing. And I took it, I started with 500 bucks. Yeah. You know, I bought a car, sold it for 800, you know, bought another one, sold it for a little more. And Three months later, I'd sold 35 cars in a month, but hmm. I was only averaging $300 profit per vehicle, which, you know, you can make a lot, you can sell a lot of cars if you're just making 300 bucks, but still that's 10 grand a month if you sell 35. And, and then I, you know, a year later I started making 500 per car and getting better at the processes, getting better at the, the system because most dealers aren't willing to make less to sell more. But hmm. I learned that the volume was the key because the more cars I sold, the more referrals I got and the more reviews I got and the more repeat customers. So really it's like the three, three magic R's for me is repeat referral and reviews. And that scaled my business up tremendously to, um, to the point now to where we have the most of all those. That's incredible. So yeah. And you know, most businesses aren't really aware that if, if they just have an incredible amount of reviews, it makes a huge difference in their business. Um, and we we achieve that by just having an incredible volume of cheap cars. I have to say too that is true even for me on Amazon. Anytime I'm shopping on Amazon, I always go to the person who has this, the highest reviews and the most reviews. Always, even you know, it's just what, whoever has the most is basically who I feel the most confident in. Even though it might be a little bit more, I just feel more comfortable knowing that you know two thousand other people have ordered the exact same thing, rated it five stars. Exactly. It's. It's pretty much across the, across the range in society. Reviews um, are extremely important. You know, even to the point to where we'd break even on cars just to get a review. That's crazy. So then, why sell the business? Why not just keep it? Because how much are you making way, right now with this business? 
it, it's about 300,000 net at the end of the year. Okay. And the, it, the issue I'm running into is that's the ceiling. Now I could go open more locations. I could expand. I could do a lot more. But the, the, the scaling factor just isn't there. Whereas what I'll, I'll start to be doing now is um, coaching businesses and coaching you know, dealers how to do what I do. And there, theoretically, there's not really a ceiling on that because you can, you know, coach 50, 100 clients at a time. And, you know, it's going to be something that for me in the long term is a lot higher income potential. But also, I'd rather help other dealers do what I've done because I've created a model on how to do it successfully. So now I can actually um, um, duplicate it to other people, which I've helped some local dealers and I've helped some friends with their businesses. And they've had great success. And for me, it's really exciting to be able to help someone grow in their business because that's a life-changing thing. So how much are you looking to sell the business for? So what, so 300000 net, what is the business worth and what are you trying to sell it for? And then what do you want to do with that extra money? Well, we're going to sell it for $500,000. Um, the dealership industry doesn't have a high multiple what you can sell off of the profit. I was about to say, but that's for me, very low. Exactly. And it's not a life-changing amount of money, but I look at, if you have a tool... I just have a bigger hammer now to go and use. And I've looked into buying some local businesses or I've looked into buying some e-commerce businesses that I can apply all the same processes and systems to and scale those. And that's, that's probably one thing I'll be doing part time is, you know, looking into getting a business to scale up as well as helping, you know, the clients that I have and even potentially partnering on a few different businesses that I can bring the, um, the, the systems and processes to, to help them grow. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That's very cool. Did you have, did you have any questions regarding any of this? I do. do actually, think, I've got a few yeah. good ones for you. Um, Let's go for it. You know, one of the things I'm looking to get into is commercial real estate. So mm-hmm. I was curious what your experience and opinion on commercial real estate is, you know, including like multifamily, office, retail, that kind of thing. I hate commercial real estate. I really don't like it. First of all, I'm just not that optimistic about a lot of commercial real estate space over the next 30 or 40 years. I think office space is something that a lot of people are starting to work remotely. They're starting to work from home and there's not as much of a need for office space. Same with retail. I mean, I think just everything online is kind of really just destroying the retail space. Even for me, I find it a lot easier just to shop online than I ever would going and like going to a mall and having to park and having to walk somewhere and having to like shop and stand in line. It's so much easier just to go online and get exactly what you want and the size that you want and not have to go and like shop. So I'm not a huge fan of of retail. You know, sometimes restaurant space I think is interesting because I think restaurants are not going to be something that's going to go away. But I do think that it's just it's such a risky industry to be in because you have so many restaurants that will sign a five-year lease and then go out of business and then you have to wait another year or two to sign another tenant back in. I just think it's incredibly risky. Multifamily, though, I think is something great. I do think there is a need for multifamily. Uh, depending on the area, there could be a huge shortage of apartments and places for rent. So that's something I'm absolutely uh, all for. But I think actual commercial real estate in the sense of like office or retail, I just, I don't see it. I really, I just, I just don't get it. That's a great point. I I consider that. I, I'll order on Amazon before I even want to go down to the store. Right, exactly. And I think most people will. And I think, especially too, as, as the demand wanes for commercial real estate, I think you're going to, you're going to find a lot of owners trying to like sell off their properties, or they're going to try to repurpose them or redevelop them. I just don't think probably half the places that are that are currently out there just shouldn't be in business. You, you ever dr- drive down the street and you're like, 
how does that place stay in business? And you think like that's a front from money laundering. Like it has to be because there's no way that like, you know, a lamp repair shop on a busy street somewhere should get enough business to pay the rent. Like there's no way. So, I mean, that's just what I kind of think. And and so eventually, I think a lot of these places are just going to be going out of business. It's going to drive the prices down. And then eventually, it's going to get to the point where they have to be just repurposed into something else. It's not something that I would ever want to get involved in. Well, awesome, man. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for all of this. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you with the business and selling it and everything else. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I love the show. And I'm looking forward to um, you know watching some more. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. As always, if you guys enjoy content like this, make sure to always smash the like button, smash the subscribe button, smash the notification bell so YouTube notifies you anytime we post a video. Also, feel free to add me on Instagram. Posts are pretty much daily, so if you want to be a part of it there, feel free to add me there. Thank you again for watching, and until next time.